Welcome to the Triple F Podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not-so-hidden temptations. We are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring to the show people who know what they're talking about and help you with some of these aspects of your life. You live life only once, so why not live a life worth living? So John, tell us what you do in one or two sentences. Yes, so NextMe is a digital waitlist app for restaurants. We help them manage their waitlist of one reservations. Okay, so like, can you go into more detail about that? So it's like... Um, if I go to a restaurant, do I like download an app or like how does that all yeah, work? Yeah, so the great thing about our service is that for, uh, diners do not need to download an app. Okay. Um, and basically what we do is whenever there's a wait for a table, um, you show up to a restaurant, right? There's an hour wait for a table. You would, the host would take in your name and number um, and also your party size and we'll text you a web link where you can track your position in line. And then we'll also text you when your table's ready. Okay, so like from a restaurant goer standpoint, I don't have to carry around any of those big devices anymore. I just go straight to my phone. Exactly. Okay. So we're eliminating the antiquated pagers that a lot of restaurants find um, actually very expensive to just maintain and replace. Uh, because most people, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of times people will either leave them in the parking lot or just throw them, throw them out uh, because they have no incentive to you know, bring those back during long waits. So it's very costly for the restaurant to uh, replace those. And so when I'm using the app, I can kind of see how many more people are in front of me, how long it's actually going to be, opposed to the hostess tells me 45 minutes, and I take a walk 20 minutes one way, and then like, hey, you're up next. It's like, well, I'm 20 minutes away because I was putting me back in 45 minutes. Yeah. Kind of what you're avoiding. Okay. Yeah. So you know, we're really trying to take the guessing game out of waiting. Um, for anything, you know, so it's really, um, you know, it's kind of like the CTA bus tracker. If you know where you are in line, you can manage your commute time to, uh, you know, back to the restaurant. So if you want to have a drink next door at a bar, uh, you know, we're not just a text message notification service like most of our competitors. Um, you can actually see where you are in line. So you can, you know, maybe order that extra drink at the bar if you wish. Um, but you can also shop, you know, do whatever you want during, during your free time. So who would be like your ideal clientele? Yeah. So, you know, we found that a lot of the, our restaurant partners are, are brunch spots just because they have a no reservation policy. So I know everyone gives this analogy, but you know, we're kind of like the open table for walk-in reservations Mm -hmm. as opposed to advanced reservations. So, you know, a lot of, you know, these no reservation places, you show up um, at these brunch spots and there's an up, to, you know, there's an hour wait, mm-hmm. you know, the, there's a lot of restaurants still using pen and paper and they make you, you know, just wait at the front of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a very poor experience for a lot of these diners. So we try to really enhance that front of the house uh, experience okay. and, you know, really improve you know, operations or, you know, make it more efficient for the host to, you know, account for people on the wait list and also call them when their table's ready. That makes total sense. So 
Who would your uh, actual competition be? Just like pen and paper old school, or are there other apps out there that are like competing for the marketplace? Yeah, so there, there are about a handful of other competitors, um, and there are digital waitlist apps as well. Okay. Um, but what really differentiates us is that you know, we don't really require the diner to download another, a separate app mm-hmm. to check their position in line. Okay. Um, because we want the diner's experience to be very seamless. You know, you can show up to any participating Mexican restaurant mm-hmm. uh, without even knowing about our service. And, you know, all you have to do is give your number and then we'll send you a web link where you can easily, uh, you know, access your position line and other, you know, engaging content mm-hmm. like your menus or... Uh, we even put cocktail menus there so we can upsell the restaurant's bar. Um, but when you throw in other engaging content in there, it's really um, a way for the restaurant to retain these patrons um, during, you know, you know, if there's an hour wait, at least they can, you know, browse the menu. That actually increases the restaurant's table turn. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we find that um, not only is the uh, the web link a differentiator but on a grander um, vision we have we when we first started this um, we never really thought that we were you know we we want this to be limited uh, to the restaurant space um, we really branded ourselves as next me because we we foresaw this going to other industries okay um, so you know we're actually pretty excited to see other businesses use our our current app that's restaurant facing to mm-hmm. manage their, their wait list. Such so, as? Uh, so we have a, uh, a number of telecom retail stores using okay. our app. Um, you know, we've had repair stores use our app, uh, you know, doctor's offices. So any business that, um, you know, has a line for, you know, or a queue, um, you know, you could basically use our app to manage your, your wait list. Okay, and so then when companies, restaurants end up using the app, what do they get out of it? Is it just nice and easy? Like, do they get to track the information that goes through it? Like, how is it helpful to them? So, one, um, you know, what you can't get using pen and paper is the analytics, right? Mm-hmm. A lot, you know, a lot of the the restaurants that we're working with really value the analytics we feed them just because now they can actually track how long people are waiting versus the quota time they give out. And this is actually, you know, a good insight for a lot of general managers at restaurants because a lot of times, you know, when hosts are using pen and paper, they're get really guessing how long it'll take for the, you know, for a table to open up. But, you know, we're tracking a lot of this historical data to really um, you know, eventually suggest a, re- a, a, a more accurate wait time for hosts to, to you know, give out. So, um, you know, it's really the analytics that a lot of the, a lot of our users value. And also, um, you know, it's just, if you talk to a lot of our hosts, you know, they can testify that, you know, they, they no longer have to go, you know, looking for their patron when their table's ready or, you know, shout their names. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more efficient to just have them, you know, text their their patrons and then have them come to the host app. Yeah, I can imagine that being just like a bad experience. Like you're yelling for someone to show up and then you just miss them because they went to the restroom or they're at the bar, just running around wasting your time trying to hunt people down for things of that nature. Right. 
So, I mean, we're really trying to increase table turns, you know, and the more a host, you know, you know, the more time a host ha has to, you know, you know, go looking around for the patron, that, that's a lot of time that, um, you know, they're spending and, you know, that, w that would leave the, the tables open, you know, so, um, yeah, hopefully we can not only retain more business, but increase table turns, so. So how long have you been uh, doing this for? So we uh, launched in the App Store January 2015. Okay. Um, so it's been about a year, a little over a year, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I mean, yeah. So I think a lot of people like misunderstand about the app world is they think they just come up with an idea, put the app in the App Store, and then hope for the best. Do you want to walk us through like your entire process of how you came up with the idea, prepping, doing the app, and then like the time commitments taken you to do this since you're doing this full time now? outside of like not having another job, correct? This is like your life. Right, yeah, so, you know, when I first started, um, well, let me, let me, you know, give you a little more background. I actually, my brother and I, who co are co-founders of Next Me, mm -hmm. we, you know, we have a restaurant background. So I, growing up, you know, I did more of the front of the house work, whereas my brother did a lot of the back of the house work. Mm -hmm. But we also have a passion for food. So if you ask a lot of our family friends, you know, if you offer their, your pantry to us, they know we're gonna clean it out. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, a lot of the, you know, we, we just love the industry. So, you know, I, I think it was one day, you know, we were, you know, after church, uh, my, my family and I, we went to an IHOP for mm -hmm. breakfast and we just thought that it was so inefficient for us to wait in front of the host, uh, you know, during, a, it was like, there was like an hour, uh, you know, wait period. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we came back home and I think we saw an ad on the, the television for, you know, pagers for, you know, doctor's offices. Mm -hmm. And we were like, hey, why, why wouldn't we just text people, you know, um, because everyone has phones on them that, you know, wh why carry around extra hardware when we could just text people? So mm -hmm. that's where, that's kind of how the idea started. Um, but, you know, after college, I actually interned at um, for the former chairman of the Board of Trade, okay. uh, Pat Arbor, and he kind of had a mini shark tank in his office where he would just have entrepreneurs come in and give them a little pitch. He served as uh, an angel investor, and he would let me sit in, uh, in a lot of these meetings, and I just got really interested in the venture space, so or just the startup and venture space. So. Um, you know, with my restaurant background and my interest in starting our business, mm -hmm. you know, my brother and I uh, decided to start our own, um, and that's how Next Me really spawned. Um, but, you know, to answer your question, you know, I think, you know, when you're starting any, any startup, you know, it's all about the team. Mm -hmm. And I know that's cliche to say, but um, that's something that we um, struggled with because we didn't have a tech background. Um, so we, you know, we spent a lot of time finding that right partner, but once we did, mm -hmm. um, or tech partner, and once we did, uh, things kind of really took off. That makes sense. So where do you see the company in like five years from now? Uh, so hopefully we can be the go-to waitlist app for, um, you know, for all industry types, you know, whether you're a repair store, a restaurant, doctor's office, we want to be in every business where you can use our di digital waitlist app to manage your queues. Mm -hmm. 
I can definitely see that. I spent um, part of like New Year's Eve in the house with my friend. She was just checking in for some back issues. Mm-hmm. And just the wait time there was like so inefficient. I'm like, are you next? The says you're next. But then like these people showed up after you were going. Like, I have no clue what's going on. And it's like frustrating because of the hospital, right? It's like, right. so it's really smart that you guys are expanding outside just the restaurant itself. So uh, running the business, what kind of drives you and your brother to stay like gun ho on it? Some people if they have jobs, it's like, oh, if I like don't go to my job today, I'll get fired. For you, like you're running your own business, what gets you up in the morning to like run the, the app company? Probably all the free food we get from our <laughs> restaurant partners. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. no, but um, you know, I think uh, you know since we grew up in the restaurant industry, I think it's very you know rewarding for us to see um, you know s- something that just was an idea um, you know come to fruitation and it's a real practical tool for a lot of restaurants to really use to to improve their front of the house operations and you know when we go to any of our restaurant partners it's it's uh, you know very uh, you know cool to see that we're really helping the host um, you know manage their wait list and uh, really improve improve the dining experience before you know diners arrive to the table okay so what sort of like challenges have you had to overcome running this company i'm sure it wasn't just put the app in the app store and all these restaurants are calling you and say hey can we sign up for this it sounds great right so it's um you know we're still a bootstrapped uh startup and it was probably you know trying to balance a full-time job and also trying to start this you know i've had many late nights as Mm -hmm. most entrepreneurs do um, but you know, I, I just want to reemphasize the, you know, it's 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 very important from the beginning to find the right team, mm-hmm. and that was one of the, the you know early uh, you know struggles we had uh, because when we first started, we actually partnered up with a tech partner that wasn't really the right fit, mm-hmm. um, and you know it was we really had to start over after that. So it's um, you know. It, as much as he had the skills to, to build, you know, what we needed, it's also, you know, uh, a communication, um, uh, I guess, trait that you need to look for, or, you know, also, you know, the culture and fit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you need to find someone that you're gonna uh, get along with in the long term. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, again, you know, it's really the team that you know, putting together the right team, that was the, probably the biggest struggle I had. Okay, so like people like starting up, like had an app idea, like just going online, looking for the cheapest company to make your app is probably not the greatest recommendation since this is gonna be something they really need to take a hold of themselves. Yeah, so I mean, every startup has their own strategy and they're in a you know, different situation, but um, you know, if you are looking for a partner, you know, that, you know, if you don't have any money, right, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to look for a long-term partner, you know, like, obviously the criteria for looking for that person is different, right? Mm-hmm. It's, um, but if you are just looking to build a prototype, right, to, um, you know, really t- test the market, but you have a different plan to find another partner after you're well-funded, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe, maybe the the you know development agency route is the way to go Mm -hmm. but um you know i yeah i mean i basically whenever i 
I learned this uh, early on and because you know I just started reading about the lean startup challenge mm-hmm. and that really teaches you to validate ideas before you even build a prototype mm-hmm. so it's a ton of surveys uh, you know just asking your friends and family what they think um, you know just trying to validate everything you can before you actually spend a ton of money on building uh, a, a robust app um, but yeah, I mean that's that's something that uh, yeah, actually I don't know if that addresses your question. But it definitely does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's something a lot of people like, misunderstand. Like again, is like people think they just have this idea, they go to some company, make the app, and then sit back and wait for their bank account to skyrocket because they got bought out by like Facebook or something. I'm assuming it's you know that's what they call it, like a purple unicorn, mm-hmm. but that's just not what to expect. So. Um, any recommendations people out there like finding the right technical partner in that regard like you guys went through two but how do they know like if they're serious about what they're really going to do like you touched on the lean startup aspect is that something people should put a lot more time in or is it like oh, i have this idea dude you tell your buddy at it and it's like oh by the way pass me another beer and then you know sunday morning you forgot about the idea and you're just not going to pursue it like um yeah i mean it's really just look for the passion and that person you know if if you find someone that is more you know stuck on equity talk or you know terms of you know or just you know you want to find someone who just builds things because they enjoy it right they you know they prove themselves first before they they really but at the same time it's you know I hear a lot of companies you know who you know if they don't take care of the legal work from the beginning, mm-hmm. it can be very messy later on. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but uh, at the same time, you can really tell, you know, if you find a partner that is really just passionate about helping you mm-hmm. and, you know, is more in, you know, focus about, like, the product and what, the, you know, the, all the cool shit you're, you're about to build mm-hmm. rather than, you know, the terms of contract or, you know, they'll ask you, like, how much equity, you know, like, right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are typically red flags for me. But if you're, um, you know, if, if I think you're, you know, genuinely trying to, you know, help the company as a whole, mm-hmm. um, and really interested in building, um, you know, the product right away, you know, it's, it's something that, um, you know, are good signs as, as a good partner. Yeah. So it's like you said, like a partnership. So it's not just like. You know, someone you talk to once in a blue moon or whatever. It's probably a ton of communication, probably to like gel well, like just really get along well and have the same idea and passion like you're mentioning. It just makes right. so much more sense. Like yep. it's not gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna talk to this guy for like two months and never see him ever again. It's right, an ongoing relationship. Yeah. yeah. Right. If you don't hear back from them in you know, you know, longer than a week, then you know that might be a red flag there. So. Um, so do you get a lot of support from? like the Chicago venture, like startup community around here, or is it just kind of like you guys is on your own, hoping for the best? Uh, so I try to make it to a lot of events or networking events, and okay. I think, um, you know, once 1871 really, you know, formed here in Chicago. And what is 1871? So 1871 is kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to say it's a Silicon Valley of Chicago, but it's kind of like our central tech hub here. Okay. Um, a lot of people in the tech industry know 1871, uh, because it really brings the startup community together. Um, you know, they provide a lot of great resources for entrepreneurs um, to really take advantage of to start their own companies. Okay. 
um, but they're located here in you know River North or in the Merchandise Mart. But um, yeah, I mean that's something that uh, you know I try to really take advantage of. They have a great uh, job board and newsletter and you know resources that you can take advantage of to really um, you know make the most out of these networking events and meet a lot of other you know cool entrepreneurs here in Chicago. Uh, to really work together and help spread, spread uh, you know, each other's, you know, ventures and help spread the word. So kind of like a rising tide lifts all ships kind of mentality for them. Yeah, okay. exactly, yeah. But I think, uh, you know, a lot of, from my experiences with a lot of these events that I attend, you know, a lot of people here are very helpful. You know, they genuinely want to help others. Um, and, you know, they, they, they also have very cool ideas. You know, it's... Uh, it's a very, you know, the Chicago tech scene is bustling, and I think, uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, growing faster than any other, you know, city in, I guess, yeah, the world, actually. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's it's exciting time to have a tech startup in Chicago. Okay, great. So, like, if someone wanted to go from their job to a startup, any recommendations for them? Like, is it just call your boss and say, hey, this job sucks, I'm going to go be an entrepreneur and quit their job and on Friday and be like, oh, time to be an entrepreneur on Saturday, and then, you no, know, I the mean, buyers are calling your name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not as easy as that. I mean, I, you know, what made me really quit my full-time job was when I first collected a paycheck, mm-hmm. and I knew that, you know, because it's very hard to get restaurants to pay for anything, just because, mm-hmm. you know, they're very, they're known for very, you know, thin margins, and, you know, if, you know, if a restaurant is willing to pay for our service, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that, you know, I saw right away as a, a, a good sign to quit my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a startup, you know, we, you know, we're just selling to restaurants. Um, it's all about pounding the pavement. Mm-hmm. And for me to have a full-time job during the day, you know, it doesn't really leave me enough time to, you know, sell to restaurants. Actually, I, you know, when I worked um, full-time, I used to work at a real estate development firm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, you know, during lunch breaks, I would have to sneak out. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, you know, sell hard to restaurants, but, you know, lunch breaks aren't the best time to sell to <laughs> restaurants, so it didn't really, uh, you know, that didn't really work out, but, um, you know, I would say that, you know, it would, it would really depend on, you know, the situation, but um, for me, um, you know, just getting that first paycheck from a restaurant really, you know, gave me the, the signal to quit my job, so, um, yeah. So when you're going through that process, right, like there's like the adage of like one in 20 uh, startups in the first five years are successful, the other 19 fail. And then, you know, five years online, only like 5% again, like are actually successful. So how, how did you overcome that fear of, oh, I'm going to be successful and not also just like illusions of grandeurs, assuming you're going to be this like amazing app startup. How did you keep yourself grounded to keep working hard and stay motivated and not like be scared on your decision? Um, honestly, it was, it was more of, again, you know, like I don't, I don't really, I think if you're s- scared of failure, you know, you're not going to really go that very far. Mm-hmm. So I, I was never really scared of failing okay. and it's just something, um, you know, that my brother and I have a lot of persistence in, you know, what we're doing and we, we just, you know, kept grinding it out. You know, it's, uh, you know, if we were running low on, you know, our funds, you know, we would just get another job to fund, you know, our startup. But, 
Um, this is something that, you know, you know, it, it, it doesn't really feel like work to us because we grew up in the industry mm -hmm. and, you know, we, you know, we really do enjoy working with restaurants. So, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's one of our, um, I guess advantages is that, you know, when we're out, you know, even on the weekends, like everyone dines out, right? So right. I don't really, you know, when I talk to restaurants or hosts, you know, it's something that I do um, while I'm already out, mm -hmm. you know, living. You know, it's just, it's not like, I don't see it as work. So I think that's one of the, the reasons why we're, um, you know, we're not so, I guess, uh, discouraged um, when times are hard. Um, and it really, you know, we really, you know, constantly remind ourselves that, you know, we're doing something that we um, have been doing for years mm -hmm. before we even started Next Me, and we're, you know, we're, we, you know, we enjoy doing it. So, awesome. Any, uh, so we're here in Chicago, so a lot of your clients are probably in Chicago. But do you have clients outside of Chicago? I, before I jump that question, like, it's is everything here in town, or is it actually? Yeah. So I mean, national? we're. You know, we're still highly focused in the Chicago market, and mm -hmm. it's not a bad market to be in. We're the second largest restaurant um, market in, in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So, um, but you know, when we first launched, we got some nice press from eaters, so that really helped us go national. Okay. Um, you know, Dallas and New York are probably our second and third largest markets, uh, respectively. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we you know, this is kind of like you know, Grubhub and Open Table strategy is that. You know, really dominate one market mm -hmm. and then replicate what they're doing in you know in a different city. That's what Open Table did. You know, mm -hmm. they started here in Chicago and then they moved to to San Francisco, um, and that's what Grubhub did. You know, following their, their lead as well. So that model seemed to um, work. Makes yeah. sense. Any recommendations of restaurants people should maybe check out to experience the app? Yeah, so we're we actually just signed up Lil Monati's. Uh, they're one of Chicago's most you know famous you know pizzerias here, um, known for deep dish. Um, we also have uh, the Bonga Room, um, Kuma's Corner. Um, you know, actually their Lincoln Park location, Kuma's too, and then we also have uh, Schaumburg. Um, but yeah, those are those are some uh, restaurants you can you know wait happy at. Awesome. Anything else you want to leave the listeners with about like your career next to me? Um, I would just, I would just, you know, if you, if you guys are thinking about starting your own venture, um, you know, I know you probably read about this a lot, but really think about, um, you know, it's it, how much or the trade-offs, right? It's 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 not as easy or glamorous as people think supporting mm -hmm. your own business. You know, but when, once you do get started, you know, really just think about how you're you're gonna balance your life because a lot of times, you know, you get so, you know, time sucked into working all the time mm -hmm. that you may neglect, you know, your social life or your health. So, you know, that's something that I think, um, you know, starting to balance more. Um, but also just be honest with yourself when you, um, you know, meet with other people, uh, because a lot, a lot of times when you go out to these events, you know, you're going to be constantly, um, you know, talking about your, your company, you're going to be a brand ambassador 24 seven. Um, and eventually, you know, people are going to try to help you out, but you're also going to try to help them out as well. But, 
um, be honest with yourself and with others and always follow up with uh, you know the promises you make but you know learn how to say no to people you know if, if there's something that you don't think you can actually deliver you know just be honest with people you know um, but other than that you know hopefully uh, you know you know having your own business is something that you everyone wants to do you know it's definitely self-rewarding and um, you know I'm still having a lot of fun doing doing this so um, yeah it's been it's been great being on your show and uh, thanks for having me awesome thanks John appreciate it that was definitely a fantastic show I'm very appreciative that John made the time for us you can definitely tell he's very passionate about what he does very hard working and it's just willing to get out there and do the hard work a lot of people probably have given up in a couple of challenges he had overcome, but you can tell by his demeanor and his just overall general goodwill for like wanting to build up this company that he is there for the long haul. I'm super excited to see where Next Me takes himself next. We'd just like to give a quick shout out to our sponsors for the show. We are Polygon. We are Polygon is a development and digital agency consultancy. With an average of 10 years experience in digital marketing, design, and development under their belts, they aim to combine these disciplines in new ways to help businesses build and expand their reach and engage their audiences in measurable, effective ways. This includes fully customizable websites, managed with WordPress, PPC, SEM campaigns, marketing and development consultations, personal and enterprise branding, and web apps that are usable on Android, iOS, BlackBerry, and Windows devices. Check them out at wearepolygon.com. That's W-E-A-R-E. P-O-L-Y-G-O-N dot com. Also, for all your sports nutrition needs, look no further than LAMP Enterprises. Our product lines have exactly what you need, pre- to post-workout, to get you the most out of your training and help you reach your personal goals, no matter what your fitness level. Thanks everyone for listening. Hopefully you learned something new or at least were able to share a few laughs with us. Until next time.